the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Thursday, March the 25th, 2021, in the year of our Lord. Today on March 25th, 1911, 146 people, migrants, mostly young female migrants, were killed. It was a sweatshop. They were killed when fire broke out in the Triangle Shirtwaist Company in New York. That incident sparked a lot of new kinds of laws and regulations that helped those folks. Today in 1634, English colonists sent by Lord Baltimore, they arrived in present-day Maryland, they established the first Catholic colony in America. Today in 1668, the first organized horse race took place in America. Today in 1776, General George Washington, commander of the Continental Army, was awarded the first Congressional Gold Medal by the Continental Congress. Today in 1807, British Parliament abolished slave trade. And today in 1954, RCA announced that it had begun producing color television sets at its plant in Bloomington, Indiana. They said they would be able to get them out very quickly. They were going to do mass production, color television, 1954. We did not have color television where I grew up in 1954. It took a while for them to get out to the good old Yakima Valley on the West Coast, but they finally got out here. Today in 1965, the Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. led about 25,000 people to the Alabama State Capitol in Montgomery. After a five-day march from Selma, they protested the denial of voting rights to blacks. And today in 1987, the Supreme Court in Johnson versus Transportation Agency ruled 6-3 to three that an employer could promote a woman over an arguably more qualified man to help women get into higher-ranking jobs. Today in Washington, D.C., in fact, as we speak this morning, at this moment, Arkansas Senator Tom Cotton is introducing legislation to ban critical race theory trainings in our United States military. Cotton is himself a military person. He's retired, a veteran. The bill is concise. It's desperately needed. I've taken a pretty good look at it. The premise of Senator Cotton's legislation is that the military should encourage its members to love the United States and to, I'm quoting from it, defend uh, the founding principles of the United States and maintain policies that treat people as, quote, human beings with equal dignity and protection under law. That seems so simple that hardly, you hardly think one would have to make that point, particularly in the halls of Congress, by way of a bill. But we do. Cotton goes on to say that critical race theory undermines 
these three goals by presenting the United States as racist, oppressive, and by encouraging racial division under the guise of social justice. This bill would prohibit the armed forces from directly promoting the core tenets of critical race theory that the United States of America is fundamentally a racist nation. We've all heard that again and again and again. And this bill says that an individual by virtue of his or her race is not inherently racist or oppressive, but critical theory says it is. They are. And an individual, because of his or her race, bears responsibility for the actions committed by other members of his or her race. In other words, each race is categorized, is what Cotton is getting at here, and they are characterized, all whites are supremacist, etc. The bill also includes a provision against segregating members of the armed forces by race, which has become common practice in many of these CRT People that work in corporate jobs, higher up management, have told me personally that they are forced to bring people into these workshops that are now being enforced, not on the military, just the military, but on corporate America. And they're forced to segregate the people and talk about how they feel about the race of other people. We are into a a surreal time in our culture today. And it is ultimately destructive, and most thinking people know that. And yet this thing thunders on down the road to destruction. And now they're reaching out to children as young as six months. And I want to talk to you a little bit about that. I would say, very honestly, and being realistic about it, Senator Cotton's bill will likely suffer a premature death. Somebody will stick a knife in the heart of that before it sees the light of day in Congress. I wish that weren't true, but I believe it will be, because there is a, a, a slim, very slim, but a majority in our Congress today that not only embrace that idea, critical race theory, and the related little tentacles, but they are advancing it. They have picked up the banner. Leaders on the left believe that the United States is fundamentally a racist country, and Tom Cotton is asking that question. It raises a series of provocative questions, and it will be on the record, even though it's defeated, it will be on the record that he brought this to the Senate. He's asking, do intellectual and political leaders on the left really believe that our country is a racist country? Do they really believe that individuals should be judged according to their race rather than their individual actions? Do they really believe that soldiers should be segregated by race? These are not idle questions. Reports in recent months suggest that the military is rapidly becoming politicized, and it is to be by virtue of our founding documents. It is to be apolitical. Our military is to fight and to defend our nation, and that has been the history of our military, and they have done an outstanding job. The greatest generation was our military in the Second World War. One wonders sometimes, and some of the best we have are in the military, but one wonders sometimes because of the cockeyed ideas that are being infused into our institutions, including 
our military, sometimes one wonders if China would attack, would we be so involved in this nonsense? I don't know. Could we? Nobody's asking that question, except Tom Cotton seems to be approaching it today as we speak. He's also asking a series of deeper questions. He's asking his colleagues in the Senate today, what is the purpose of the armed forces? To promote fashionable academic trends or to defend the nation? Cotton is asking them as we speak, if we are unwilling to prevent the armed forces from promoting the idea that America is a racist oppressor state, then what are we defending in the first place? Senator Cotton should pose these questions to his colleagues as often as he can until somebody has the courage to stand up and answer. At least that's my opinion. But it isn't just in the military. First, Netflix said it's developing kids programming around racial justice. Now the people behind Sesame Street, they're following suit with a race-based content aimed at children of all ages, including six-month-old infants. I'm not kidding. It's unbelievable what these people are doing. If this was just some little group over in the corner of our culture and in the, you know, kind of the dim lit corner of society or margin. But man, they're not. They're driving what kids see on television. Sesame Street, for goodness sakes. And the people that create it have their fingers in a lot of things, not just Sesame Street. Sesame Street Workshop, which is the studio behind Sesame Street, two different corporations, same thing. They've released a new set of instructional resources for children and their parents titled the ABCs of Racial Literacy. The company says that represents part of its commitment to racial justice. Sesame Street Workshop said Tuesday, day before yesterday, that the reason they're doing this is that we have, quote, always stood for diversity, inclusion, equity, and kindness. That's driving the military. Now it's driving children's education. Is that what we're about? Diversity, inclusion, equity? And be sure that equity is not equality. And kindness? Kindness is a good thing. And they say, quote, the work to dismantle racism begins by helping children understand what racism is and how it hurts people. The problem with that is that the education of racism, as in the case of sex education and all of these other cockamamie stuff that they're foisting on our military, our kids, our, our older kids in classrooms, in public education, really isn't about solving problems. It's about creating problems. Because in the mind of the left, they only, there is only the oppressor and the oppressed. There are no other people groups in the, mind, true, in the mind of the true far left thinker. And those people have control of our government now. We elected them. Or at least they say we did. That's where we are today. It's, it's, it's very serious stuff. It stretches the limits of reason to propose that a society can be unified when one 
part of that society is oppressing the other. But that's exactly the environment that they're creating. And this cr- critical race theory breeds distrust. Distrust. It fosters grievance. And ultimately, it will lead and does lead to hate. Where hate doesn't exist. I've heard people my age, over 40, who have said, I've lived long enough. When I was a kid growing up, and this is true for me too, and I'm sure it is for you. I didn't like spend all day analyzing the kid sitting next to me. Was he a, you know, was he a Hispanic or we didn't, I mean, they were Mexicans back then. They called themselves, but whatever. I had friends, all of them. Some of them, in fact, one of them that both my wife and I grew up with in the Yakima Valley became pretty famous in the Seattle area. He had these salons all over the place. Whereas, I mean, we didn't spend our time just in this generation analyzing now is now is his skin is it brown is it black oh they're from asia we just didn't grow up that way what happened between then and now in our lifetime i'll tell you what happened the forces of evil have co-opted education they've co-opted they're trying to co-opt the the military they've co-opted entertainment and they certainly have made inroads even into the church the christian church under the guise of social justice. And so now all of a sudden we have a generation of little kids running around saying, wow, do I hate Johnny over here because he's black? I didn't know I hated Johnny, but maybe I do hate Johnny. It's the same It's the same model that causes these same little kids to be running around saying, Johnny again, maybe I'm a girl. I feel kind of funny today. I might be a girl. I identify, teacher, I identify as a girl. Okay, Johnny, you're a girl. Everybody, let's call him Johnette or whatever. That is, that's crazy stuff. How can a nation last with that kind of thing going on in our institutions? Our founder said it won't. Common sense says it won't. And I can tell you, if we're not informed, we won't survive. Because liberty, justice, freedom, freedom of worship, freedom of religion, very fragile. And there are always forces working against that in a culture. And that's where we are today. It's sad, but it's true. They work to dismantle racism by helping our children while they are creating racism in the hearts of the little ones who didn't even know about it and didn't have a racist bone in their bodies. That's what's going on. And in the same way, they're sexualizing them by teaching them stuff they don't even think about or need to know when they're five years old. And all of that brings a kid to hate and to all kinds of addictions. One tutorial advises parents in this Sesame Street thing that infants develop racial preferences as early as six months. (laughs) In another activity about creating self-portraits, children are taught to focus on their outward appearances, especially the material says, I'm reading from the material, especially the material says, quote, important for black and brown children to celebrate their outward appearance. In one, um, in fact, in one A video starring Elmo, that Sesame Street character, 
Kids are taught about the importance of skin tone and melanin. And that's why this teaching in cartoon, very kid-friendly, that's why this cartoon says we have different skin tones. But we're all the same, it says. But the whole body of what they're doing is saying we're not the same. And we need to identify the fact that we're not the same. We need to focus on the color of their skin. And old me out here, who's probably not as smart as they are, I'm asking, what happened What happened to Martin Luther King Jr.? Will his statue come down next in Washington, D.C.? He didn't advocate for that. He advocated that we focus on one's character rather than the color of their skin. So do we take down his statue? Do we somehow delete him? Do we cancel Martin Luther King Jr.? I don't think so. But that is, in effect, what they're doing with this. By attacking the minds of our children while they sit in front of a TV in their family room or whatever. With the advent of this critical race theory, and that's what's behind all of this, much of King's beliefs have been set aside. I believe in great part because there's this huge amount of investment and grant money out there. I mean, there is. There's millions of dollars. People who hate America, the George Soros types, I'm not saying he's investing in I don't know that he is. I wouldn't be surprised, but I don't know that. So I, I'm not saying that. But people like him with his same, they hate America. They, they don't want borders. They don't want a nation. They don't want sovereignty. They want globalism. They want control in, in a globalistic world. They're putting millions and millions of dollars out there available for people to produce this kind of thing. That's what Netflix and that's what um, Sesame Street and these other groups are responding to. And they have the ideology. I mean, there's people within the ranks of these organizations that deeply believe this. They're, they're activists. But the people at the top may not be activists. They just don't care. They're just following the money. Netflix announced in January that it's creating this animated kid series based on Abram X. That's Kendi's anti-racist baby. We've been hearing about that recently. It's a critical race theory activist book for, to- for toddlers. I mean, toddlers, not first graders. Netflix is promising in just the last couple of weeks to turn anti-racist baby into a series of animated short music videos that will use, I'm quoting from their, their PR post, er, ear wormy so I don't know what earwormy is, but I guess that's good. Earwormy songs to teach toddlers and their caregivers about anti-racism. So if you're dropping your kid off every day and letting someone else raise him or her, they're going to be listening to earwormy songs that will be teaching your child and this person that you hired to raise your child about anti-racism, which at its heart is racism. It teaches them how to distinguish so they can hate and dislike, but they never knew that they had racism. There's good reasons not to trust the education and entertainment industry. Public education at its core has failed. Common Core has been a failure. It's a miserable failure. Last year, the Pioneer Institute published an in-depth study which details the historic drop in national reading and math scores since the adoption of this 
Common Core Curriculum Standards. We've talked about that on this program for the last number of years since we started the program. I think most of us are aware of Common Core. Some, many of us have probably written letters and taken a position against it because it's a disaster. But it was founded in the same hearts and minds that is creating this critical race theory and all this other junk that goes with it. The complete study that they put out is lengthy, but I linked it in an article that I wrote for our Faith and Freedom Daily um, website today, faithandfreedom.us. You can go to it and read what I'm talking about now, and you'll, you can go to the sources of what I'm talking about. But the proponents of this expensive, legally questionable thing of common core they should be questioned. They should have been confronted a long time ago. This study, this Pioneer Institute, this study shows that our national reading and math scores have dropped significantly, and they're emphasizing that there's been no progress among students as promised by the advocates of Common Core, and the struggling students that were struggling then are still struggling. It hasn't fixed anything. The reason I bring this up is because this Common Core debacle has created a vacuum in our government-run education complex. We call it public education. Just as Planned Parenthood has moved into the health and sex education vacuum, and China has moved into the social studies vacuum with its propaganda-based Confucius Institutes, we've talked about all this stuff before on this program, critical race theory has now moved into the newest crisis opportunity with their critical race theory and its siblings related organizations. This PBS Sesame Street ABCs of Racial Literacy has grown right out of the opportunistic root of this critical race theory. Critical race theory is Marxism to its core. You'll recall that the two young black women who co-founded Black Lives Matter, we talked about that on this program as well. We talk about everything that's in the news. That's why we do what we do here every day on this program. And by the way, thank you to those of you who support us. We wouldn't be here and couldn't do this without you. And I feel deeply that God has called me to do this. Thank you. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Or you can contribute through our website online, you go to our website, faithandfreedom.us. You'll see a tab there that says donate. You click it, and, and it's easy. You, even I can follow it. <laughs> so I know you can. But Black Lives Matter is birthed out of Marxism. The Marxist view advocates that the replacement of all the systems of power and even the description of those systems must ultimately be described as only two classes, the oppressors and the oppressed. That's the only way the secular left can control the people. Christianity is about setting people free. Even those that are in the Christian left, so-called Christian left, even those have bought into at least the idea of two classes, the oppressed and the oppressors. Marx made that clear in his so-called gospel. The oppressed impede revolution when they adhere to the cultural beliefs of the oppressors. In other words, if people start to see the light and say, man, I don't think I'm going to be a progressive anymore. I'm going to embrace reality. I'm going to be a conservative. I'm going to embrace the idea that there are absolute truths and all of this. 
the other side, the left, the people trying to gain power and who are in pretty much in power in our government today. United States of America, the beacon of freedom and hope for the world. We are drowning ourselves in the craziness of left-wing, far-left Marxism adapted to cultural Marxism and all the rest of this stuff. Another Marxist catechism demands that all societal norms must be dismantled through relentless criticism, regardless of what they may be. Have you heard any of that recently? (laughs) Of course. Even the casual listener to news will hear that. There's always criticism. Barack Obama spent eight years in office criticizing America, not only to us, but to the world. The origins of critical theory can be traced back to the ideas of Karl Marx, then more recently to the Frankfurt School around the 1930s, 37, right in there in Germany. It would later be moved to the United States as kind of an economic Marxism. Then it became cultural Marxism, and they said, oh, this is it. We can bring down Western civilization with this. And that is what they want to do. They're very open about it. When the New York Times introduced the 1619 Project, telling the world and America that history has been wrong all this time, that America was not founded in 1776, but in 1619, when the first slave ship arrived near Jamestown. Well, you would say, who's going to believe that? A generation ago, not many would have. But today, oh yeah, we're cocked and primed for it because we've sent our kids through the institutions that prepared them to believe this stuff, to embrace it, and allow it to become part of their life experience. So while some of us more mature people may have dismissed it as preposterous, there were those in America, not a majority, But those in America who embraced it and said, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, America was founded in 1619 when that first slave ship arrived near Jamestown in Virginia, what is now Virginia. But the idea wasn't preposterous to those, even though it may have been to some of us. That's where we are today, and now they're coming after our kids. Noah Webster, a founding father of our country, And the father of what we know as public education said this. This is a quote. He's the guy that founded it. He thought all kids had the right to be educated. And I agree. We need to provide that. But not the system we have now. It's broken. I don't think it can be restored. I don't know how it could be replaced. But something desperate needs to happen. But Noah Webster said the moral principles and precepts contained in the scripture ought to form the basis of all of our civil constitutions and laws. All the miseries and evils which men suffer from vice, crime, ambition, injustice, oppression, slavery, and war proceed from the despising or the neglecting of the precepts contained in the Bible. It's a multiple choice. He said, all of this stuff that is killing us, and killing us individually and collectively, he said, could be remedied if we would embrace the truth of the Bible. But he said, we're doing one of two things. We're either forgetting it, ignoring it, or we're despising it. He went on to say education is useless without the Bible. That sounds archaic in 2021, but that's 
where we are and what we need. Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world. Red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in his sight. If we can get back to Jesus in the Bible, all of these other problems are going to evaporate.